We're going to go ahead and finish up our series um, this week on, on a soft reset. Um, I do want to mention really quickly, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, and so I'm going to stop and kind of jump back. We're going to be finishing up our soft reset series this week, and then next week we're going to start a brand new series. And it is a series, and I am not exaggerating on this, where I have wanted to, to teach on this and do this series for, I think, about six years. And every time I was like, God, I want to do this, I want to do this, God kept saying no. God kept saying, wait, I'm not, not yet. And this went all the way back to when I was in Albuquerque with the kids, and I was just, I would get frustrated because I was like, God, I just, this is going to be great. I'm so excited about sharing this, 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 this series. And Jesus said, wait, just wait, just wait. I thought we'd do it in the fall, and Jesus said, just wait, just wait, just wait. Next week, we're going to finally start it. Next week, God said, it's time. And that's exciting to me. And so it's going to, I'm not going to tell you what it is, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you on a cliffhanger. I'm going to be that, that guy, that horrible person that at the end of the show, when you thought it was going to get figured out, it's going to say, to be continued. But next week, we're going to start a brand new series. I'm very excited about it, and I want you to be here. Um, it's going to be a series that I really believe is, is timely. It's where we're at. It's what God desires for us to understand and learn. And um, I kind of, I'll be honest with you, I kind of spilled a little bit of the beans last night at, the, at, the, at, our, at our community group. And so I, I'm just going to say that to these people. I've now sworn you to secrecy. You may not say anything to anyone else because after I got home, I was like, did I really explain that very well? I didn't think I did. So anyway. Hold off on it. We're going to talk about it next week. I'm very excited about it. So uh, there'll probably be stuff on uh, social media as the week goes on if you want a little bit of a clue. Uh, so check those things out. So we're going to finish up uh, our Soft Reset series, week number three. Uh, we're going to be, uh, our text this morning is taken from 2 Corinthians 7.1. Now, if you remember, uh, I know that, that last week Emily and I and Easton were in Albuquerque, so we weren't here with you. Uh, but we've been kind of talking about a soft reset that God wants to do in our hearts and in our lives. And the last week uh, that I was here... We kind of talk about some malware issues, and we're going to continue talking about that. But first, let's look at 2 Corinthians 7.1. It says, Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. What we've been talking about is these malware things, this, this, these things that kind of get into our system and kind of mess us up. God, I don't feel like, is asking us at this particular time to do a hard reset. He's asking us to do a soft reset. He's having us look at some areas in our lives that God is going, you know what, those are some areas that are causing damage to your system. Let's fix them and let's look at them. Again, malware is a short for malicious software and is used as a single term to rid a virus, spyware, worms, etc. Malware is designed to cause damage to standalone computer or a network PC. So wherever a malware term is used, it means to a program which is designed to damage your computer. So again, what we've been talking about, what we're going to talk about today is some things that I feel like God has placed on my heart that basically he's saying, look, these are things that in our hearts that are damaging our computers. These are things that are messing with our systems and they're helping us or keeping us from running at the level that God wants us to run, okay? Everybody understand? Everybody get that? I know it's been a couple of weeks, but we're going to continue with that. The first one we're going to talk about this morning is the malware of envy. The malware of envy, and we're going to define envy as this, a greedy or prideful longing for something that belongs to another, even intangible, such as a skill. That's envy. 
You see and you want something somebody else has. They, you, you know, I remember as a kid, you know, I would, you, you, would, you would watch kids and they would come in. And, and, of course, I grew up in the, you know, mid to late 80s and the early 90s. And so all things were a little bit different back then. But I remember as a kid, one of my friends getting an original Game Boy. Remember these things? You know, I'm like looking for people that like are my age. Yeah. And it had like a green screen and it came with Tetris. Because that was probably about all it could actually handle. And I remember a kid came to church one Sunday with his Game Boy. And of course, it was huge, comparatively speaking, to what we're used to today. And he came in, he's like, hey, Aaron. I'm like, yeah? He's like, check it out. And then something began to grow in me that was not godly. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, let's think about this. How big is that kid? How fast can he run? If I kick him right in the leg, will he drop the Game Boy? Then could I grab it and get out the door before he caught me? That was my thought. I was like, I have to have that. I remember going home and going, Mom, did you guess, guess what? Get Dad, guess what? So-and-so, he got a Game Boy. And my mom and dad were looking at me, what's a Game Boy? And I was like, what's a Game Boy? Only the greatest single invention in the history of mankind. You know, because you're eight, and, and that's how the world is, you know? And I said, oh, I gotta have it. I gotta want it. I just, you know, it was just one of those things where envy just began to grow in me, and I wanted it, and it was, I needed it, and it was gonna be mine. It had to be mine. And really, what we were dealing with is what we find in Deuteronomy 5. In Deuteronomy 5, we see something very interesting. And basically, if you don't know, this is the Ten Commandments that, that God is giving to Moses. And he says this, you must not covet your neighbor's wife. You must not covet your neighbor's house or land, male or female servant, ox, ox, excuse me, ox, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. You see, here's the thing. When envy grows up, it becomes covetousness. It becomes something that you want, something that you need. How many times have you heard your kid, or how many times have you said this type of situation, okay? I don't, you don't say, I want that. You say, I need that. I need it. It's, it's something that I desire and need. It's almost like, um, it's almost like this, this thing that kind of boils up in us. And it's so, it's, we got to have it. I got I to need it. I want that. And, and basically what it ends up doing and a lot of times in our lives, and the reason why God is so against this concept and so against this thing is a lot of times those needs that we think are needs, they become idols in our lives. They become the thing that if I just had this, then this. Think about that. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever had that concept before? If I just got this thing then this this object that I've bought is going to take care of this, 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 and this in my life. Or if I just had that person in my life, if I just had that relationship, if I just had that job, if I just had that thing, then all these other things are going to get so much better. How silly is that? But we've all done it. Can you think of the last time, think about it. Now, maybe some of you, this was yesterday. Maybe for some of you, it was a long time ago. But can you think of the last time you literally thought of something that wasn't God, and you literally went to yourself, boy, if I could just get this, then this. It's almost like a cause and effect thing in our lives. If we can just get this, then this. Do you realize that's not how it works? Do you realize that's why God is so against this idea of wanting more and needing more? 
thinking that it's going to somehow fill a void in your heart and your life that those things were never, ever, ever intended to fill. And what's worse is it's usually when it comes to envy and covetousness, it's looking at others. It's looking at others and seeing what they have. At Christmas time, Easton and Emily and I, we got in the car. And I don't know if you like to do this as a family. We sure do. We get in the car and we drive around and we look at Christmas lights. You ever do that? You know, you get, no? Okay. Um, <laughs> you get in the car. Thank you. You get in the car and you go and you look at Christmas lights. And, and we were driving around and we, we, we went in our neighborhood and saw things. And then, and then we, we went to the, 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 the really nice neighborhood, you know. And I'm driving around. I'm looking at these houses. I'm like, wow, would you look at that? Look at the size of, look at, oh man, oh man. And you know what? I stopped looking at Christmas lights and I stopped thinking about what I didn't have. I started to go, oh man, wouldn't it be something? Oh man, can you only imagine? Oh man, can you, and you just begin to, and you just, it's like this road that we begin to go down. And we start to envy, we start to covet, and we start to think, oh boy, can you imagine if I just had this, or I just had that? And it's a big deal. And here's what's, what's really, really not good about it, and it's in your notes. I, th- I want to write this down because I think it's so important. Because what it does is it changes everything in our lives. And here's what it is. Envy is when you resist God's goodness in other people's lives and ignore God's goodness in your own life. Look. Look, look, let me help you with this, okay? I want, can you all help me with this? This is going to sound weird, but just go with me, okay? Go with me, okay, please. I want you to take your hand, I want you to put it up in the air. Everybody, come on, there you go. You can have your hand, fingers up in the air, okay? Now, I want you to do this. Follow me and do this with me, okay? Ready? It's going to be very difficult. Here, I'll get up here so you can see me. Ready? Here we go. what you just did you saw me with your eyes every one of you were able to do it thank goodness you have sight because there's people that don't you thought in your mind i'm watching him i'm going to do what he asked me to do your brain is working well enough to see me and follow me there's a lot of people that don't then then you were able to move your fingers One by one. You had one thumb and four fingers. At least that's what I think everybody has, okay? And you know what? Not everybody does. And then you did this. You actually could move it. We're blessed. And it's easy to forget how blessed we really are. Listen, you are here. You are not in a hospital bed somewhere. You are here and you are healthy. Now, maybe you're not as healthy as you'd like to be. Maybe you're dealing with a sniffle, but you know what? You are here. That is amazing, isn't it? You have people that love you. You have clothes on your your back. I don't know if anybody walked here, but I got a feeling everybody got into a car and came here. Do you realize that not everybody has that? Do you realize how blessed we are and what covetousness does and what envy does? It focuses on all the things you don't have and you forget about God's goodness, about what you do have. And here's the bottom line, folks, we're blessed. We are so blessed. My son is not in a hospital room. Are you kidding me? I am blessed. 
You can see me. You can hear me. You can ex- you're, 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 you're functioning somewhat well. We're blessed. And yet we sit there and we get mad when somebody gets something that we want or think that we deserve. You see why this is so damaging to us? You see why God is, would, would look at this? I remember as a kid going, okay, God, I get it. Don't use the Lord's name in vain. That's a good one for the Ten Commandments. Yeah, I get it. Obey your mother and father. Yeah, I get that. No other gods before me. Yeah, I get it. I get it. All that makes sense. Covetousness. Doesn't that seem a little petty? No, it can destroy you. It can destroy you. Because we look at it and we go, I want that. I need that. Or we even worse, we start there and say, they don't deserve that. You ever thought that before? Something happens to somebody that's good, and instead of celebrating or getting excited for them, you basically look at them and say, God, I'm better than they are. God, they didn't deserve that job, that person, that, that promotion. They didn't deserve that car, that house, that, that, that health. Why can't I get it? Why don't I need it? You see why this is so deadly? You see why this grabs a hold of our system and just begins to tear it and shred it and destroy it? And listen, we are in the worst time of our life, in the history of mankind, when it comes to this stuff. Why? Because listen, you covet stuff of people you don't even know. You get online, and we get on Instagram, and we go, wow, I wish I could run a half marathon. Wow, I wish I could have that car. Wow, I wish this, I wish that. And we, we even begin to covet people that we don't even know. Listen, can, can, I, can I help you with something? I, I'm not saying social media is bad or Instagram is bad, all that stuff. But listen, can you, can you listen to me and hear me here? Okay? Because this is a part of the soft reset I think God wants to do. If there is somebody that you're following that is constantly making you covet or desire their life, their stuff, you need to remove yourself from that individual for a while. Okay? You need to remove yourself from it because it's going to just destroy your system. Now, if you can be on that and you can have no, oh, that's great, I'm so excited. For that. Okay, awesome, great, no problem. But only you know that. And you've got to be aware of that. Envy is when you resist God's goodness in other people's life and ignore God's goodness in your own life. Let's look at some things that envy can be found in. Envy can be found in, of course, materialism. I thought that was easy. That was pretty simple, just the stuff. But I think there's stuff here that even a little deeper that we can look at in our own lives and go, maybe these are some areas that we need to look at. Next. Advantage or education? I mean, I remember being in Bible college, and, and I don't know if you know much about my history or my past, um, but, but I'm the first crazy person in my family to go into the ministry, okay? I was the first that, I, that we know of. My, my aunt like, did some genealogy stuff and went way back. And I'm the very first one. I remember going to school, and I remember meeting people with a certain last name. And I knew who their dad was. I knew who their grandpa was. And I remember just thinking as myself, it's like, man, they're so lucky. They're going to just, they're going to get a job so easily because their last name. And they're going to have all these advantages. Nobody knows me. Nobody knows my family. My dad doesn't, isn't a pastor. My grandpa isn't a pastor. My, I remember thinking those things. And I began to envy that in those people's lives. We can do that with education and advantage. And we can feel like, you know what? They have an advantage we don't have. And we can begin envious of that. And it was funny and it was sad because in my own life, I wouldn't want to be friends with them. I didn't want anything to do with them because I thought it was unfair. And it robbed me. It robbed me of relationships. It robbed me of things that I could pour into their lives and they could hopefully pour into mine. Appearance, how we look, what we, how, 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 you know, are we beautiful? Are we not? Are we young? Are we old? Are we, are we, we, we begin to do that. 
Why, you know, I mean, have you ever found this? I, my, my wife cuts hair and dyes it and makes it beautiful and stuff like that. And she always tells me, it's amazing. You'll have somebody sit down in your chair, and I'm sure Barb knows this and has experienced this many, many times. You sit down in the chair, and this person's got really, really, really curly hair. And the person will sit down, oh, I wish I had straight hair. Oh, I just, oh, if I just had straight hair, everything would be wonderful. And then that person will get up and leave, and the next person will come in that's got straight hair. Oh, if I just had curly hair. Oh, if I just had curly hair. It's like, no matter what we have, it's like, that's not enough. Because we think it's going to fix it. We think it's going to, you know, it's like, you know, you know it's, we think it's going to make things better. Listen, Christ is the only thing that's going to make things better in the way that we need. Next one, relationships. Okay? Relationships that we have. Relationships, you know, between maybe husbands or wives. Or, have you ever done this? Maybe, maybe things aren't going so well in your marriage. Maybe right now you're going through a difficult time or something like that. And you look at somebody else who maybe is going through a little bit better of a time. And you begin to become envious of that. Oh, I wish my husband or my wife acted like that. Dangerous. Dangerous. You need to be aware of that. You need to, oh, if, if, they just, if they just loved me this way. If they just, listen, hear me here. Infidelity can come in many different times and many different ways. But I think one of them is when we begin to look at others and other relationships and go, boy, if I could just have that. You need to be careful, folks. Listen. I know your husbands, I know the husbands, and I know the wives. And guess what? Not a single one of you is perfect. Okay? That's okay. Because you can look at Emily and I and say the exact same thing. But listen, here's, here's what's beautiful. God brought you two together. And he wants to form a tight bond. And listen, we can, we can look at other couples and look at them and go, I can learn from this. What we never want to do is look at them and say, if, I, if my husband or wife could just act this way. Okay? God didn't create your husband or wife to maybe act that way. Because he in his infinite wisdom knew you didn't really need that. Okay? So be careful. The final one is children. Children. We begin to compare kids. You ever done that? My kid is this, or, or my kid is that. You ever had this situation? Maybe this was, this was said to you as a child. If you only acted like so-and-so. You ever been there? Listen, hear me. As a parent, as a grandparent, as a friend of a kid, can you do me a favor? Will you try never to utter those words? Please, look, your kids aren't perfect. They aren't, they're, they're flawed. But listen, God gave them to you. Out of all the kids that have ever been born, out of all the parents that were ever were, God in his infinite knowledge and infinite wisdom said, I am putting you guys together. That's cool. God knows it all. God said, you're perfect to be careful because that can scar kids that can destroy kids that can become something in a kid's life that they'll feel like they can never really measure up be very careful how you do that your kid is different from my kid my kid is different from your kid i'm a different parent than you are and that is good god brought it that for a reason 
So be careful when not to look at those things, not to compare, not to have situations like that that kind of bring death and bring problems. Look at Proverbs 40, 30, or 1430. It says this, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. It will literally rot you from the inside out. We have to understand that. We have to look at that. Next, the second one we're going to be looking at is the malware of damaging emotion. The malware of damaging emotions. Now, before we get into this, I want to say this, okay? Emotions in themselves are not bad, okay? They were given to us by God, okay? That's why I didn't just say emotions. I said damaging emotions. We're going to look at some of the damaging emotions in a second. But look at this. In Psalms 42, 5a, it says this. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? You ever, you ever, you ever been there? I mean, this is not, this, is not this, this kind of fleeting thing. This is the turmoil. This is the stuff. This is the hurt. You ever been in the place almost too where it's like, you know, somebody will come up to you and say, how you doing? And you're like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just, you know, it's like, are you good? I'm not really good. I'm not really bad. But there's just this, this turmoil going on and this emotional problem. And you're kind of fighting this battle within yourself. Listen, listen, as David is writing this psalm, he's kind of expressing that. He's kind of saying, oh, why are you so downcast? Why, is, what is going on? on why 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 sometimes my wife will look at me and she'll Aaron how you doing I'm fine what does that mean I mean I, I don't really know I'm not I'm not really good I'm not really bad I just can't really get to grips with what's going on in my life in this particular moment and I think we all are there we all get there at times emotions aren't bad it's what we do with them that we have to understand and so sometimes we're there sometimes those emotions come And here's the thing. I want to talk about three emotions that can really damage our system. Three emotions that really damage our system. The first is hurts from the past. Hurts from the past. Look at Lamentations 3.19. It says, I remember my affliction and my wandering. The bitterness and the gall. I remember. I remember the hurt. I remember the pain. I remember the stuff that's happened to me. Listen, have you ever met somebody that it's like that's where they have lived for the last 20 years? It's like any conversation you have with them at some point in time is going to get back to the hurt. This is what they did to me. This is what they said to me. This is how I responded. And it's like that's where they live. Listen, those are damaging emotions. And and listen, I'm not here to talk about the fact that you shouldn't feel that way. Listen, we get hurt and that's okay. But sometimes what we do is we live there. We remember it over and over and over and over. I think you heard me say this before. It's where we live. It's our address. It becomes how we, how we respond to people. We won't open up to people. We won't share our lives with people because somebody 20 years ago hurt us or destroyed us or did something to us. And listen, I'm not here to say that those hurts aren't real. I am. I'm just trying to help you understand that those hurts are damaging you. They're in the past, and you just keep living them over and over and over again. Next, trouble in the present. Trouble in the present. Look at Job 4, 5. It says this, But now trouble comes to you, and you are discouraged. It strikes you, and you are dismayed. Maybe you're okay with the past. Maybe you've dealt with some things, but now it's like everything is starting to hit you all at once. You know the thing about the enemy? He is brilliant. Enemy's not dumb. Okay? If your idea of the enemy is a little guy running around with a pitchfork, you know, red pajamas and a tail, you're totally missing it. The enemy is brilliant, and he knows just how to attack. 
He is the, he's one of the most incredible tacticians of destroying lives that it's ever been. You know what, I, at least me in my life at times, it's not like the enemy will bring like that little thing. He'll bring the little thing at the very, very end when it basically causes the whole bridge to collapse. You know what I mean? He'll just pile it on. And, and you just get hit after one, after another, after another. And you're like, okay, I'm good. And then another thing, like, okay, I'm good. And then another, and then you begin to weaken and you begin to weaken. You know what? We, listen, listen, look at our world. There is trouble upon trouble upon trouble. And we can sit there. Listen, I don't know about you. I, I don't, and, and I used to be a lot more into this than I am now. I, I've, I've gotten to the point, and I'm just going to be honest, I don't want to watch the news anymore. I don't, I, it's, it's like there's this little, like, I want to get into my little bubble and just be like, everything's fine, everything's fine. I've seen, like, pictures of comic books or something like that, and there's this little dog, I think. I, some of you maybe have seen this, and it's like this little guy, and he's just, he's, he's in this house, and he's like, everything's fine, and the house is caught on fire. And the next clip, it shows, it, John knows what I'm talking about, he's laughing. The next thing, it shows the fire's getting closer, everything's fine, everything's fine, and then by the end of it, he's like melted, you know? And there's just a puddle, I think, on the floor. You know, he's like, everything's fine. It's like, I just kind of want to, everything's fine. Everything's burning all down around us. Maybe, I mean, if you look at our culture and our lives, we are in a troubling time. We are in trouble. And we grab a hold of that and hold on to that. And we start getting, going, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? How are we going to handle this moment? And the final one is, is anxiety. I can't say that word. Somebody read that word for me. Anxiety, thank you. I even wrote that and I was like, I'm going to mess this word up. Anxiety. I was like, annexy, that's not right. About the future. I never claim to be the sharpest knife in the drawer. This should come, no surprise to any of you, okay? But look at Mark. And I, I picked this on purpose because I wanted you to see something here. This is Mark 14. He is Jesus here, okay? Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and he became deeply troubled and distressed. Okay, let's stop there. Okay, just in case you don't know, because obviously we just pulled the Mark 14. This is, Jesus is in the garden, okay? They've had the Last Supper, okay? And Jesus has now gone to the garden with his disciples, and he's begun to pray, okay? So he becomes deeply troubled and distressed. Here's what he becomes deeply troubled and distressed about. The fact that he's going to the cross. The fact that he's about ready to be beaten and lay down his life. The fact that he knows that all of sin that has ever been or will ever be is going to be lumped onto him in one moment. And he is going to be literally the sacrificial lamb for us. This is big. And it's forward. He is troubled and distressed. Now listen, this is what he says. My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here. And keep watch with me. I think it's interesting here that we see Jesus even having those thoughts and even having those moments. Now, if we kept re reading, and we don't have time to do that today, but if we keep reading, we, we see Jesus just calling out to his father, calling out to him, him saying basically, listen, I know this is coming and I'm scared and I'm, I'm deeply troubled. I'm deeply concerned. But at the same time, he looks at this and says, God, even though I'm all these things, all bundled up, all these emotions, basically the Bible says that he's so troubled that he, he prays and he's, he's sweating drops of blood, which we actually have found, scientists have studied this, and they found when human beings are under that type of pressure, that is literally physically possible. And he is in anguish. He is crushed. And he calls out to God. He says, listen. Listen, God. Not my will, but your will be done. 
in a second, we're going to talk about some things that will help us. But, but in all of these things, okay, listen to me. And, and again, we're going, to, we're going to talk about some application in just a moment. But in all of these things, whether it be, be, be the past, the present, or the, or the future, all of these things, can, can, can you do me a favor? Run to Jesus. Please. Listen, you, this, you can come to me, and I'll pray with you, and I will weep with you. I will do whatever I need to do to be there for you. But listen, I cannot fix you. Only Jesus can do this. Run to him. And listen, don't hide it. Don't, don't act. You know, I love what Jesus does here. Okay? We see this unbelievable moment of Jesus, this, 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 this moment where we kind of strip away all the, 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 the stones that we've turned Jesus into, that statue, and we see this, this individual just broken. He doesn't hide it. He doesn't look at God and say, God, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you about this. Or God, I don't, you, God, you don't have time for this. He calls himself to, to get on his hands and feet and just begins to call out to God and say, God, I need you. God, i got to have you do this. God, I can't do this alone. A lot of times when we deal with these issues and these emotions that can be so damaging to our system, we think we can handle it on our own. Listen, you weren't created to. You don't have to. God is here and God desires. Listen, hear what I said. God desires to help you, to give you hope. You don't have to do this on your own. You were created. And remember, I've said this before, that's not a defect. That's not a, ooh, you, you got messed up and, and, and you should have been able to handle this on your own, but you're broken, so God has to. No, no, all of humanity is crying out to God. Not only all of humanity, but all of creation is yearning for God to come and put things new and to restore things that were lost. We deal with this stuff. The first thing we do is we do what Jesus did. We run to God. We say, God, I need you. We need you. But as we close, I want to give you three ideas to think about when you're dealing with these damaging emotions, okay? And so I want to kind of focus here. And, and, but first and foremost, remember, we go to God, okay? We go to God. Number one, we remember God's faithfulness in the past. Okay, look at Lamentations 3.19. Now, now, if you notice, we started at the top here under hurts from the past, Lamentations 3.19. But we're going to continue on what is recorded. It says this, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them and my soul is downcast, excuse me, within me. And then we're going to jump to the next verse. Yet this I call to mind. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We remember. Listen, God doesn't just do things in the moment for that moment alone. He does things so that later on we can recall and remember that God is faithful to us. So in those moments, even in those hurts from the past, even when we begin to remember, oh, I remember this person did this or they said this, we remember God's faithfulness in the past. Next, number two, we cry out to God in the present. 
We cry out to God in the presence. Back to Psalms 142, or Psalms 142, 2, 5 and 6. It says this, I pour out before him my complaint. Before him I tell my trouble. I say to you, Lord, I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. And now let's jump to verses 5 and 6. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong to me. We cry out to God. Listen, if you're in a battle, if you're going through something, if you're going through the ringer, if things are happening in your life, and it's just, man, one after another, after another, after another. Listen, go to God. Go to him. Do what Jesus did in that moment where he's going, oh my goodness, run to him. Cry out to him. He hears you. He wants to listen. He's there. He wants to respond. He wants to do something. But can I help you with something? Okay, because this is something I struggle with. We, we cry to God. We express our need. But can we try something real hard? Let's not tell God how to handle it. Okay? Because that's typically what we do. We'll go to God and say, God, I'm dealing with this situation, and I want you to do this. Now, God may. God may say, yeah, that's exactly what needs to happen. But we want to be open to the fact that God may want to do something different, and that is okay. God is smarter than us. Let's think about Jesus. He's in anguish. That's God's only son. God doesn't say, dude, I, I, listen, I'm, okay, we don't have to do this. We don't have to do, no. No, it happened. It continued to the glory of God. It happened and it continued. Sometimes we cry out to God. God isn't going to respond in the way we want him to. And we don't want to grow bitter in that moment. In that moment is when we trust. We say, God, you know more than I do. You know best and I trust you. That you will respond and you will help in the moment that it needs to happen. And number three, trust in God's power for the future. Trust in God's power for the future. In Second Chronicles, we see this very interesting story. I'm not going to get into it. I don't have time. But if the worship team wants to come up, we're going to close with this. Basically, Israel or Judah, I can't remember which. I think it's Judah. Um, is, is getting ready to be attacked by... Um, the king of Assyria, and it's a big deal, and they're very scared, obviously, and they're very concerned, and so they begin to pray, they begin to respond to all these sort of things, and Hezekiah, who is the king at this particular time, begins to, to speak, and remember, this is something that's coming, it hasn't come yet, and they begin, because they're, they're, they're very, obviously, they're very concerned, and this is what it says, it says in verse number seven, it says, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or discouraged because the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. Now, this is cool. Check this out. For there is a great power with... Well, next slide. There we go. With us than with him. With him is only the arm of flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people gain confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, said. I don't know where you're at with the future, right? There's a part of me that is so excited about the future as a whole because, like, you know, like, I know how it's all going to end. But I also am concerned because I know there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to have to happen before it does. 
But we have to understand something, whether it's with our culture or our family or our lives. The thing that we really need to understand, okay, is, is basically he is stronger than any of that. He is bigger than any of that. We can trust that God's power is enough. No matter what you're facing, no matter what's coming, whether you know a little bit about it or it's just going to blindside you like a two-by-four to the back of the head, God knows. God knows. And what's more, it's not that just God knows. It's not that just God knows all things. It's that He's also all-powerful to handle. Now listen, you're not all powerful. You may think you are, but you're not. You may think you can handle things, and maybe for a time you can. But the bottom line is, you have someone in your corner that loves you so much that no matter what you deal with, your battles. I, I don't know about you, but I love these stories in the Old Testament, whether it be like Gideon or King Jehoshaphat, these stories where, 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 where these people just literally, their job is to show up and God takes care of the rest. I love the story of Moses, who his job is to show up in front of Pharaoh and God brings the plagues. You know what sometimes our job is in these battles? Just show up. Just go to your father. Go to God and say, God, listen, I don't have the strength. I don't have the, the wisdom. I don't have, I don't got what I need to deal with this stuff. And I need you to fight this battle for me. And I'll be there. And I'll show up. But I need your strength and your power. Because we have to understand something. Greater is he that is in us in the world. And I don't know if you're dealing with envy. I don't know if you're dealing with that covetousness that just robs us of our joy. You know, it's real hard to be joyful when you're always wanting more. It's hard to really get excited about what God is doing in our lives if we're constantly looking at others and seeing what God's doing in theirs. That comparison can just destroy us. So maybe that's what you're dealing with. Maybe, maybe as, as we're beginning this new year, God's really speaking to you and he's saying, listen, listen, it's time to stop the comparison game. It's time to stop the envy game. It's time to start looking at all that I've given you and be happy and joyous and blessed with that. Be excited when I bless somebody else. Maybe you have some damaging emotions inside of you. Maybe, maybe you have some of these hurts that, that took place a long time ago. Maybe, maybe you're dealing with stuff today, things that maybe even happened this week or yesterday or even maybe this morning. Or maybe you're looking to the future and you're going, how are we going to handle this? How are we going to deal with this or that? Or, or how are we going to pay the mortgage? Or how are we going to get the kids to, to the school they want to go? How, how are we going to handle mom and dad as they get older and all these things, folks. Remember, the emotions aren't bad. 
The concerns aren't bad. It's what we do with them that can destroy us. But you see, God wants to come. And he wants to give you hope. He wants to give you healing for the past. He wants to give you peace for the present. And he wants to give you hope for the future. You get that? I, I, that dude, write that down, okay? That's not in my notes. Write that down. That's good, okay? Every once in a while, God says something, I listen, okay? That's what he wants to do. He wants to heal the past. He wants to give you peace in the present. And he wants to give you hope for the future. That's what he desires to do. Don't, don't say no to your emotions. It's okay. But let's let that, that healing and that, and that peace and that hope oversee any emotion that we may have. Okay? Because he so loves you and so desires to be help you and to be a part of your life. Let's pray. Okay? Let's pray. And I'm going to ask that is... As I just pray with you and, and over you, that if you're dealing with one of these things, okay, and, and, and I just want the, the Spirit to just speak to your heart, okay? And that's not spooky. That's not weird. That's the Spirit's job. He comes to bring us closer to Jesus, to, to draw us to himself. And sometimes he does that by, by helping us see areas in our life that kind of need that soft reset, okay? So don't, don't, don't be afraid of that. Welcome that. Okay, welcome that because Jesus is here to change and help, not to shame and guilt. That's not what God does, okay? But if you're dealing with those things, maybe, maybe it is envy. Maybe it is always looking at, at a sibling maybe or, or a, a person at your work or maybe a person at this church. Maybe you sit there and go, oh boy, if I could just play the guitar like John or if I could just play the piano like Alicia, oh boy, then Jesus, you really love me. No loves you just the way you are you don't have to be envious of those things because you have gifts and talents that we don't have that God has given you to glorify him and it's time to stop playing the comparison game and instead it's time to embrace the goodness of your father because you are so blessed. Maybe it's this, these emotions that come that are damaging. Maybe it's the past or, or something you're dealing with right now. Maybe it's the fear of what's coming. And you just need God to come and give you that, 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 that hope and that peace and that healing. He's here and he wants to do it. Those are gifts that our Father wants to give to his kids. Okay? He loves doing this. We just need to ask him. We just need to go to him and say, God, I need this. I need this healing or I need this. And he will come and just begin to pour that on you. And here's what's beautiful. It doesn't just stop when you leave this place or when I'm done. He wants to keep pouring that on those areas in your life. So that in those moments where you kind of start to go that direction again, you can call out to him and he can pour more on. Let him do that. So whatever the need, whatever you need God to do in your heart to give you that soft reset that as we move into February is you're ready. You're ready. I pray that you would let him do it. Father, we come to you right now. And Father, we ask that you do what only you can do. We ask that you come and make the impact that only you can make. Father, my words all by themselves aren't going to do it. My my desire to help as much as I want to be a part of what you're doing, that's not going to do it. God, what's going to do it is you. 
It's not going to be the book we read or the pill we popped. It's going to be you. You're going to come and you're going to make a difference. Not that those things can't be a part of what you're doing. But God, we run to you first. You are our strength. You are our strong tower. We run to you and are safe. And so Jesus, will you help us to do that? In these areas, in the areas that we talked about two weeks ago, whatever. Maybe it's an area that you're bringing to people's minds right now that we didn't even talk about. Father, reset us. Start us anew. Wipe it clean. Get that malware out of there that's just going to destroy our system. So that once again, we can run well. Once again, we can, we can do the things that you've asked us to do. And be a part of what you're doing in the fullest sense of the term. Father, we look to you because you are our hope. We need you. So God, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter how we're going, whatever we're going through right now, Father, hit that reset button in our hearts and in our lives, and we welcome you to do it. We love you. We love you. Let's all-